Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <clears throat> it's Friday. Thank you, Leo Kennedy. The 3rd of May, and it's pretty weather here. I hope it's pretty weather where you are, too. Although, uh, my brother-in-law up in northern Wyoming posted some photos on Wednesday, the 1st of May, showing the major blizzard that they had going up there. Reminded me of all of the times I spent in Wyoming Springs being blizzarded out and bemoaning it. So I'm taking today to savor, to sit out here and enjoy the sunshine. It's a lovely day, lovely, lovely day. I uh, went to yoga, yin yoga, yesterday afternoon because my favorite teacher is back. So that was good, but I'm feeling it today. You know, for all that yin yoga is supposed to be, well, yin <laughs> and slow stretches. Um, yeah, clearly I had not been doing a few things so good good aching right and my friend Cheryl went with me this time and fortunately she really liked it she just graduated with a degree and so now she's on project to get her life back I think we've all been there so she wants to start doing things again like yoga and taking walks and anything besides working on her degree and so she uh came with me to the class, met me there, and she really liked it. So I was happy. You know how there's a little bit of an onus there when you talk something up and you say, you know, I love this teacher, I love this class, you'd love it, it's great. And then they come and then you start thinking, oh, shit, what if they don't like it? <laughs> but she did. And then we went to Arable for dinner and drinks afterwards, and we sat on the patio. It wasn't quite warm enough is it on the patio but it was uh, mobbed inside absolutely mobbed and they had the heaters out there so we actually did fine we didn't linger as long as we normally do but it was it was very pleasant i did better on the fate of the tala yesterday thank you for those of you who sent messages um I think most of you seem to be predicting I'm going to make it about halfway through before I slip up and reveal who the POV character is. And I think it was Library Addict who said that normally the POV character isn't a surprise. And that's absolutely right. I mean, that doesn't really count as a plot twist or spoiler. But I'm pulling weeds as we're talking. I can't just sit there and look at these weeds. I need to get out here and do some... But, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is just a me thing because I'm kind of excited about who this POV character is. And it's somebody that I think that most of you will not guess. Maybe we should have a contest and see who guesses it. I kind of like that idea. We could have some kind of prize, though I don't know what the prize would be. We'll have to think about that. Think about what you would want for a prize, and maybe we will do that, have a 
contest for guessing in that way. I don't have to try to keep it a secret. I wasn't sure at first. Um, you know, I did that with Arrows of the Heart. I started out from Zir's point of view. And I thought I would kind of play with that and see how that worked. And um, I, I wrote a few pages of it and then realized, no, that's just not not right. And then switched to Karen's and that uh, that clicked. I hadn't been sure about doing Zero since I hadn't done any of the novels from a guy's point of view. So I was kind of doing the same thing with Fate of the Tala where I was... Uh, working on I was thinking well maybe this isn't the right POV character but it clicked it kicked in yesterday I got good words yesterday and I'm finding that headspace again so so yeah I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna work out fortunately fortunately right I'm toying with um putting some of the books in audio I know I've mentioned that before. I actually talked with uh, an audiobook narrator yesterday that who I'd really like to have do it. <clears throat> and it's expensive, you know. It's it's a lot of money up front and I have to decide if I think it's worth it, especially for books that are um you know, like there's this gap, right? You know, so like the first one I could do would be the shift of the tide, which I would love to do. But you know, would would people would people really pick up the audiobook for that? You know, with the series starting there. I don't know. Um, it might be worth doing a Kickstarter or Patreon then, and then I wouldn't feel so bad about it. Or feel so nervous about fronting that money. It's probably it would probably cost me something like three or four thousand dollars by the time I was done producing it and so forth. Um, yeah, so maybe that's a thought to do. I could reactivate the Patreon or set up a Kickstarter and just see where we got with it. I could probably dig up the money. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. I um, saw a tweet yesterday. I, I think I saw it because Corrine retweeted it, and I don't think I would have seen it otherwise. But it was a gal in Scotland. It sounded like she's American, an expatriate living in Scotland. And she said that she had served ale that day to an author and told that person how she wanted to be a writer too. And the person had told her to quit before she starts. And she'd gotten a lot of responses to it. And I replied. And then a couple of other authors replied to my reply too. And we all have our stories like that. Um, you know, I think writers in particular, tend to be dramatic people. You know, we we love angst. It's where we tell our stories, right, is in the heart of human angst. And so I think writers tend to be people who dwell on angst. And I think writing is one of those professions that seems like it's going to be a whole lot more glamorous than it is. Um, the 
movie representations of writers. I don't know if it's true of most professions, but I I don't know. I always think of that scene in, um, uh, I'm not going to be able to think of the movie. Well, it's Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley. And the movie is, um, well, it's one where he gets the wishes and he gets to be the different people and she lets him be the different people. And I can't think of the name of the movie. And I know I've mentioned this before because it is one of the fixtures in my mind of being a writer because one of the things he wants is to be like this uh, writer who's incredibly good with words or something like that. You know, and he comes striding into the New York club and everybody's gathering around him and he's saying witty things and, you know, people are just adoring him and passing him drinks and champagne and everything and you know he's sort of the toast of the of the party and I think a lot of us think that being a writer will be like that and it's you know really not (laughs) you know I come back to a whole lot of times when um and I know I've mentioned this before so I'm sorry if I have like the exact same stories all the time but, you know, when uh, Neil Gaiman accompanied Amanda Palmer to the Grammy Awards and the AP photo said Amanda Palmer in date, <laughs> which they fixed. They did fix after a few hours when everybody was like, that's Neil fucking Gaiman <laughs> and date. You know, writers are generally not recognizable. Um, they're not rock stars. <clears throat> so... You know, the, that whole idea of, you know, how many writers strode into clubs ever and were toasted was, um, I don't know, possibly a product of fiction that the writers themselves created. So anyway, I think um, writers tend to say flip things like that, flip and dramatic things like they said to this, whoever it was said to this waitress. But... Um, you know, I think also people can be people can be cruel. So I, I'm going to tell it on Twitter too because I want to put it on there. But I said that I would tell my story today. Uh, I went to a conference um, when I was in grad school because I was a member of the board of the Association for Women in Science, and we had gotten a grant for us to travel to a conference that was for women in science. And it was really fun to go to this conference. I kind of went into it blind and last minute. I was like, okay, well, hell, I'll go. And one other representative from the board went. And it really was a tremendous experience. It was an uplifting, wonderful conference overall. And I don't even, I think it was in Davis. It was in California, and I think it was Davis. Um, And I'd flown there from Wyoming, and so it was warm and beautiful and so many things to enjoy about it. And there were these great talks, and I did learn a whole lot. I've, um, you know, just about bolstering other women and... uh, you know, it was funny because they, they had all of these different women coming up and telling their their career paths, their life stories. And finally, someone pointed out that every single woman who had gotten up there had attributed her success to luck in some way. 
know, they were saying, well, and by this stroke of luck I got, and she said, I would like to propose that we, from here on forward, no one is allowed to attribute what they've done to luck. If anyone starts to say, by some stroke of luck, they have to say, through my own hard work. Which was really, especially then, because this was, uh, it was late 80s. It was before I was dating David, so, you know, it was certainly pre-1991. And that was an extraordinary thing for me to flip that around. And instead of saying, oh, I got lucky, to say, oh, because of my hard work. So... All of this is by way of saying that it was a very important conference to me in many ways and very productive. But there was a woman there, and I do not remember her name. I've actually tried to figure out when and where this conference was. It's kind of lost to the mists of memory. I was really struggling in my own graduate program and, at the time, and so it's kind of all buried in the haze and murk of that. But she was a writer. She had written a book. Um, I'm thinking now maybe she just had written one book, you know, maybe two. Listen to how smug I am, right? <laughs> Only one book. Uh, but And I don't remember what it was, but she gave like a keynote talk. I remember it because it was right before lunch. And so she gave this talk about um, writing this book and becoming a writer. And I recall that her mother was there. And her mother, I don't know, was probably the age that I am now. And her, you know, her mother was very proud of her and, you know, had come to see her daughter give this talk at this big conference and all of this. And I was very moved by her talk. And and it was when I really started thinking about, you know, that maybe I didn't want to finish my PhD in neuroscience and be a researcher, but that maybe I wanted to be a writer instead. Uh, and I'd been thinking it before that. I don't remember if I'd already started taking writing classes. I might have taken a couple. But I remember her talk. I don't remember her talk specifically, but I remember it lit me up. And I thought, I could do this. I could make this transition. And so I made a point of sitting at her table at the luncheon. And we were sitting outside on these kind of long you know, sort of like cafeteria-style tables. Um, and I don't remember, you know, I, I must have been ballsy enough or uh, there were enough empty seats, but I was sitting next to the gal's mother and then across, like, and one up. The writer was across and one up from me. And I said to her how much I enjoyed her talk, and that she had really inspired me, and that I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted I wanted to be a writer. I thought I wanted to be a writer. And I don't recall her exact words even, but I remember that she looked at me very coldly, and she said, well, you know, not just anyone can become a writer. And she said, you're better off, it's not an easy path, and you're better off just sticking to science. And it was enough that 
you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, it felt like the floor dropped out from beneath me. And I'm generally a pretty confident person, although I was less confident then because graduate school had kind of broken my spirit. <laughs> they, they do that, don't they? Uh, and I was more fragile on the topic than I had realized. But I started crying which, of course, was embarrassing to me to be sitting there with all of these, you know, high-powered women and for me to sit there and start weeping. Uh, but I was just so devastated. And I remember the mother being kind to me. She said something to me, I don't know what, and I, she might have touched my hand or something, and, and I got up and left. And And I... And I kind of recall, I don't know if that was my fantasy of the event or not, but I kind of recall the mother saying something to her daughter, <laughs> you know, about, you know, like, that wasn't very nice. Because I think the daughter, the writer, came up to me later and said something else. But that was enough, you know, that was one of those moments that, yeah, it, it's awful when somebody says something to you, especially because you're really trusting them with something very precious and fragile and new. Because being a writer is not something that people will ever tell you is a good idea. You are not going to have people say, oh, yes, be a writer. That's a great, you know, your parents aren't going to say, oh, that's great job security. And, um, you know, uh, in school, no one ever told me to be a writer. They all told me to be a scientist or a doctor. And it's... So when you settle on this thing that feels very audacious and in some ways presumptuous because you are, you are saying I have enough ego to think that people want to read the words I write. Uh, and then when somebody stomps on it, it's, um, it's very painful. So I've, I felt bad for that gal. And I'm going to post an abbreviated part of this story to Twitter, but this is um, this is my full fleshed story. And sorry if it was a little bit long and rambling there. So at any rate, I hope you all have a wonderful Friday. Have a fantastic weekend, and I hope that um, yeah, that everything goes great for you and you get to have a little bit of sunshine and birdsong. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.